<laughs> I come on to this podcast known as Let's Drone Out. We have actually John starting up Rocket League at the moment to see if he can do a physical challenge. And coming up this week, we'll also have Clinton. I don't know if this week you'll actually be doing something, Clinton, but in the coming weeks, we're going to be having them. But you haven't even done introductions. Look at that mug. Hello, John. Hello. <laughs> back. He's too busy on Rocket League. He'll have this transfixed pose on the screen as though he's like, and he's smiling and he'll crazily swear or something, but who knows? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, chill. I'm, much, I'm much more chill. I've, I've you are right. Over the years. Yeah, you know, and I believe you've been tinkering away in your shed building stuff, so we'll get that in a bit. Yeah. The host this week with me is Clinton Ectras. Hello. Hello, world. How are you doing? Well, I can't see you, though. I believe you've gone to pitch black. Who, me? Ah, oh, there you are. No, I'm still here. Still here. Oh, you must have muted your video because you're just coming up with your logo, I think. <coughs> Maybe not, I don't know. It might be all confused. Anyway, dude, how are you doing, Clinton? Your second week. Sorry? Can you hear me okay? I can just be rubbish. Hold up. Let me uh, then go on. Repeat what you said, Jay. Sorry, I didn't catch that. How are you doing this week, Clinton? What have you been up to? I'm good, actually. I got to fly today for the first time in uh, a good few weeks, on my five inch anyway. So that was good fun. We went to, uh, went to the beach with the kids and uh, yeah, did some, did some flying on the beach. So last week, formal coated, uh, all sorts, your micro and stuff. Is your quad that you took to the beach coated in the same stuff? Of course. And I even I, I was pre-wearing uh, swimming trunks, ready to go just in case. I was ready to dive in when uh, just in just in case. Nah, well, I, I would be like, I would like to see that because this week I, I was seeing some of those videos on the urban drones. I think it is with the splash drone, um, and even the gimbal, uh, three-axis gimbal, and it was skimming across the water. It's, it's quite impressive. It's not racing around the same way as yours would, but it's still impressive that we can do that these days. But yeah, I think it's to, like I said last week. I think everybody should be. Uh, I think it's you know if you are flying around water, you should definitely consider the formal coating. That's for sure. Uh, take take it from you, expert in drowning quads. <laughs> what are you using, Clint? So it's a conformal coating. It's like a, a silicon. It comes in in uh, like a nail polish bottle with a nail polish brush, and it's a silicon. And it is nail polish. So it's not nail polish. It's, it's like a it's, it's a silicon, okay. and uh, you paint it paint it on all your electronics, and it makes them waterproof. So <clears throat> I guess in theory. Um, silicon comes in liquid form, you mix it up and you can make molds and shit out of it. In theory, you could just dunk your entire electronic stack, all the pieces that need to be waterproofed, into a silicon thing. But then you've got the whole situation of, uh, sorry, I just had a goal in there. Um, you've got the whole situation of, um, um, of overheating. There's no, air, no proper airflow of the electronics, like surely. We, yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, we, we cover everything in heat shrink anyway. So, I mean, a lot of people heat shrink their uh, ESCs and they tape them down to the arms. And by the time you've done that, you've got quite a decent amount of uh, insulation around the ESCs anyway. Yeah, I get that. They're, they're, gonna, they're the hottest part or going to be the hottest part of the electronics. Um, but yeah, with the, uh, with the formal coating, obviously it's sealing all the electronics anyway. So you technically don't have to put the... Uh, you don't, technically don't have to put heat shrink on them, so I've, I've not bothered. Just no heat shrink on them. 
You see, the thing is, you could just get your, you know, your ceiling silicon and, and coat like you say, but you also sometimes want to remove it to resolder. Yeah, I mean, you can sol you, you can solder straight through it, no problem. I, I have tried on a few occasions. So, and the other thing is as well is uh, with heat shrink. If you've got heat shrink around it, then obviously the water gets stagnant inside, and it just ends up stuck. So it's technically better not to have heat shrink around it anyway, from what I've read and what I've found. So. Wow. Well, this, this comes from someone who has drowned a lot of quads. I have indeed drowned quite a few quads now. <laughs> yeah. Like um, I've only lost one, and unfortunately it was lost into a weir, so I could never get it back. So um, I've never had to fish it out of water, thankfully. So if it's lost to a weir, it's still in the weir. Just yeah. going around there. It's been going there for how long now? It's probably going to get reduced. Like the frame will be a smaller frame, like a 130 size. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worn away, yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, well, I mean, the water after that is quite shallow, so I have to occasionally look as I run my bike a little bit. Nothing. I had a great Have fun. you lost anything in water? I, John? <clears throat> say again? Have you lost anything in water, as in flying or RC? No. No? Um, the closest I've come to water is is um, on the beach in Cape Town, and uh, I was brave enough to fly maybe thirty meters out, and then fly thirty meters back, and and maybe skate the the beach front and things like that. But I'm risk averse, so I tend not to do crazy things over water. I mean, I think you know, as I get more confident, I may you know there are there's plenty of opportunities to you know to power loop bridges and things like that. <laughs> Um, there are, yeah. and uh, and there's water involved, so I think you, you, there's always um, there's always opportunity. So, I mean, I have for, over the winter I thought a lot about maybe um, using CFM or something like that. One of these these um, sealants that sort of sprays on and, and and polishes off or sprays off in the shower as a sealant to um, against rain or landing wet or or just flying through clouds and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll have to think of Flying something. through clouds, yeah. Well, we did that. So, yeah, we, we tried that. And, and the biggest problem with flying through clouds is that your your lens mists up and you can't see shit. <laughs> you know, it's well, not a problem. There's often low flying out. Yeah. Yeah. The year. yeah. So you've still got to try it. And there, I mean, there, there are issues of signal loss as well over water with the, it, as it absorbs a lot of the um, radio waves rather than it bouncing back up off the other ground so water isn't always a great thing to fly over regardless even if you've got yeah, but I, I don't subscribe to that because line of sight's not really an issue over water is it you don't have trees in the way and <laughs> half a kilometer so 500 meters away that's when you're talking there's going to be more of an issue not necessarily up close within 100 meters yeah. I'll bear that in mind. down it gets worse for the track carrying steam across ground i'll bear that in mind when i start uh, long ranging <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's why so, um, one thing on my list is that I'd love to get a wing and do some long range stuff. You know, we see people flying down through chasms and stuff. Is that, uh, what's that you got there? One of the easy UHFs? Yeah, I've embarked on that, on that, um, on that dream, I suppose. <laughs> so what's your plan for it? A wing? How long do you have this thing? I bought a, a, mini, a mini Talon. They, they seem to be quite popular. Um, they apparently they fly really well. I haven't flown planes for 
literally decades. You know, it was in the it was the it was the late eighties when I lost a few airplanes um, with any with any um, consistency. So I just figured um, I saw this I saw a video and I thought oh, that looks pretty good fun. I, I don't mind trying it out. And not necessarily for the long range stuff, just to do like sort of. Uh, you know, slope soaring and, you know, with power on the back rather than actually soaping. But um, so I figured, what the hell? And I saw a, um, a special on the Mini Talon um, kit from wherever Banggood for like 35 bucks. I thought, I'll buy that. And I told my wife, I said, yeah, I'm going to buy this plane. She said, oh, that's cool. She said, how much? I said, 35 bucks. So that was the, that was the kit. <laughs> She told me there was false advertising and crap, so because I had to buy the UHF thing, which I got from Constable for a good price, and I I've had to buy motors and and an APM and uh, flight controllers and GPS modules and all sorts of crap, and it's still rolling in. APM, how you finding APM? And is it your ones? It's that's that's a lot of crap, really. I mean, it's, it's so much potential, and there's a lot of flies that you put in there. I haven't flown with it yet. I, I'm just saying, from a no, I'm not saying no, a, getting the thing working perspective, it looks like it's a it's, it's not um, it's not INAV, put it that way. Um, it's the the control interface, which is a thing called um, Mission Planner, or that's one of them. There's no there's no configuration page and PID, PID page like we used to, where you do the tuning. The tuning. Yeah, we're page. essentially changing uh, parameters through uh, a Nimi file and things, don't you? A text file. Yeah, know. it's all CLI. Yeah, so you CLI the whole thing, uh, which is. Um, which is a bit sort of archaic for me, but I mean, it is an archaic board. It's not even supported with Arduino Pilot anymore. So the latest well, yeah, version. The same because there's an uh, APM two and there's an APM. So well, the older one is the old eight bit. This is the APM two point eight, and they stopped um, supporting the Arduino Pilot software on it. Still supported for Arduino Copter, so for for octocopters and things like that, but Arduino Pilot's not supported. So you're running an old version of the Arduino Pilot's firmware. Which is about yeah. it's four, it's three point four as opposed to three point seven or whatever. So you way in the past, but really, um, the only thing that this board has that um, a regular flight controller has doesn't have is a is a barometer. But you can get a, a full version of most flight controllers with a barometer on it anyway. Yeah. And most of them support inputs for GPS. And uh, the only thing that they don't support is this radio telemetry, which is yeah, which is three, isn't it? Well, it depends where you are. In Europe, it's 433. In the US, it's 915. Uh, it's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit funny that because the UHF is your UHF control channels are 433 as well. So you're running yeah. two 433 streams out of your plane, one for telemetry and one to fly the thing. And theoretically, you can fly it through the telemetry link as well if you enable joystick mode on your on your mission planner, which seems as that's yeah. sort of like proper droning, I suppose. I mean. Um, I played with the, the old version of APM. I think it's got a lot of promise, and there's a lot of configuration, especially on the automated or the uh, autonomous flying. You know, you, yeah. you have how much of a radius when it gets to that right waypoint, how precise do you want it to be, and it opens up a lot of things, but it's not something to be taken lightly, and I think Painless 360, was. I, I kept referring to his stuff. Yeah. I was my board up. So, so he's Panos has just launched a, in this year, he started a new series on, on INAV. And INAV is a fork of clean flight. 
And yeah, yeah, builds on the GPS stuff. Yeah, what they've done is they've just brought the auto the autonomous flight components back into it. So and and into the from the original um, multi Wii, which was the the origins of the whole thing. But that was the Mega Pirate, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it's going back a long way now, John. Yeah, wow. So multi Wii had all of the autonomous flight stuff in it, and then yeah, it disappeared when they changed. It all disappeared when when whoever took it over and um, it was a time cop or whoever and took it over and started doing base flight. Um, anyway, there's a there's a video on it, which was quite interesting to, to listen to it explain the whole thing. But iNav looks pretty cool. In fact, it's the first in the series from from Painless 360. He is he's, he I like his accent to start with. <laughs> it's <laughs> raw, and um, yeah, he's he's got good good uh, good content. So you've played with iNav a fair bit because Jack actually uh, has played with it a lot. Yeah, I haven't I haven't I haven't got a. Um, I haven't got a, a flight controller with a barometer. I mean, it's easy to get one, but you know, until now, I haven't needed one. I think the reason they never actually developed any of the GPS stuff, really, other than the backyard things, uh, was because NASA was already getting its uh, position hold in all the, you know, the markets for actually having a useful GPS that should lock on and actually perform pretty well. So they actually have already captured that market for the GPS stuff. So why would you bother on a racer when everything was going smaller? Yeah, but you, can't do, you can't do fixed wings on a on a NASA. So mm. can you? I don't know. I, I, well, I, I haven't tinkered. I thought iNav enabled you to. iNav, iNav is for, for regular F3 boards, like Nash 32s and things like that. It's all it is is a flight control with barometers and gyros. And why you couldn't add a compass and a GPS module exactly, to make yeah. it, you know? That's it's exactly like, the board won't it. do it. Yeah, exactly. So, can you run? You can't run clean flight and that type of stuff on a on NASA board. You can run it on NASA thirty two, but not on a NASA, can you? No, no, sorry, not on a NASA. No, on a NASA. As in, yeah, this is yeah, Time Cop's NASA. original. Yeah, yeah. He, Time Cop's original thing is he said it's Japanese. It's NASA. Yeah, well, Time Cop's an idiot. So, <laughs> so everyone called it a NASA or a NASA. Straight, mate. <laughs> Yeah. I've always just called it a Naze, Naze 32 or Naze. Yeah, Naze 32. <laughs> People have knocked the whole autonomous flying. However, I find that, uh, you know, it's just another robot in that sense. And actually, it's quite an exciting thing to tinker with. And that's what's missing from, I mean, Ardu, the Ardu pilot thing um, does robots, rovers, cars, boats, whatever yeah, you want. So, you, so they've, got a, they've got a fork for all of those. And all of those other things, and the head, the, the antenna head tracker is controlled by an APM. So if you want an antenna to follow where your quad is, you can do you can control that through an APM as well. So yeah. I think I've actually got one of those APM two point eight. It's just the little grey ones, isn't it? Like the rectangles. Yeah, one of these. Yeah. One of these. That's it. I've got I think I've got one of those knock I think I've got one of those knocking about somewhere. Yeah. Mine, I've got a tiny APM that's still in the wheel going round and round. It's getting smaller every year. But uh, the Pixhawk was one of the interesting developments, I think, in that whole Ardu pilot yeah, realm. So that's, that's the thing that sort of like um, superseded all the APM stuff. Yeah, the Pixhawk stuff. They're expensive, though. Um, not 30 yeah. I think if you're doing long, long range, or even if you're flying in certain, certain areas with a wing, or even a plane, more likely a wing, actually having a GPS to start at circling is not a bad thing. You know, fail safe. Yeah, exactly. So, back to me when I get out of range. I'll around and come back a bit. Yeah, so until I get signal, then I'll take over again. Well, my quads were, uh, they just fall out of the sky and end up drowning. 
Yeah, but this, planes are graceful, aren't they? Quads beat gravity into submission. Yeah. It's because I've never, I've never, I, I've never flown a plane except uh, someone let me have a go on a buddy box uh, on the cut. Was it like Cub uh, the thing? Oh, it's Sheldon's, and uh, I realised just how difficult it was flying line of sight. But I would really, really like a wing, um, like an FPV wing. I think that'd be pretty astonishing. But I don't think it's practical unless you've got the long range gear, like his Easy UHF, which are, they're, they're the open source ones, aren't they? As well, so it would be interesting to try one of those. Hmm. Um, I, I, the long range stuff uh, is one thing, but I miss having a fixed wing to fly and things like that. It is, it's the Sunday flying that I used to enjoy. Do you not? Do you not have a fixed wing though? <laughs> I still got one. Well, I do actually. I have a big one that I wouldn't let you fly and try and dive bomb. Uh, <laughs> but it's having That's still not. I've got, a, I've got my trophy here somewhere. <laughs> it's buried away somewhere. Your video. Maybe it's just me. If anyone can see Clinton's video. There's no in the chat room because I can't. Anyway, we should give some shout outs to the people there in the chat room. We've got Striker, we've got um, Scotty FPV, the Sloth FPV, some more of the regular Zero FPV. I think uh, I, it, the chat is so lively. If you haven't actually been to the YouTube, if not live on this page, obviously now, if you listen to it afterwards, but if you're live at the moment, pop into the chat room. There's all sorts of technical and funny things going on in there. So we got uh, Gigawatts. Um, I mean, if, we, if we can tear our way, find the, well, find the chat room, we will. Uh, read some chats. So we need some, we need one some of, ideas as well. Yeah, well, the idea is this: we have the idea of Clinton's challenge, don't we? So every week, or maybe every other week, we get you to do something in a lot of time. Maybe we, under certain conditions. So maybe I don't know, um, whatever it is. Standing on the head. Uh, trying to resolder ESCs to a flight controller or something. Okay. So we've got to try to try to try to resolder my ESCs in the microwave, yeah? Using nothing but yeah, re <laughs> trying to reflow something in the oven, you know, whatever challenge it is, and it's not always going to be solder related, it might be anything else. And if you've got suggestions, pop them in the chat room. Yeah. Oh, we've got Matt Gammons in the chat as well. Matt actually uh, lost his quad the other day. Oh so no. His... How how has he lost how has he lost his quad? Um, I think there was an antenna that wasn't right. It failed safe, but it failed safe in like a meadow with quite tall. And no, I think you can actually no, find it for the... No beeper or anything, though. No, I, see, that's the trouble. Sometimes if you swap out ESCs or something like that, you don't always set the beacon mode on it. Or if you're just trying out a quad, like on my quad, I haven't actually attached a buzzer yet, even though it's my main quad and I've flown it for a bit. Just attach a buzzer, and I've got plenty of them and give you enough away. You're just getting around to it, isn't it? So, repairing and building and whatever, not. Uh, we do sometimes forget these things, and it's always when we're looking buzzers. at you know, buzzers, buzzers, and more buzzers. If you've got a buzzer, put another one on. If you haven't got one, put two on. <laughs> I never really subscribe to these locators. However, I'm not knocking them. And actually, someone who, but when I was flying with them, they couldn't fly. They lost it in a fair way away. I wouldn't have ever thought to walk there. I saw rough direction it went. But it just flew off. I was flying with Simon. Cut it, cut it, cut it. Anyway, he had one of the locators and it pretty much found it. Yeah. So I was flying with Jason and um, Stuart and uh, Simon this morning, this afternoon, and, and in the buttercup fields, hmm. um, you're talking waist deep in buttercups. And yeah. later, we, he found, he's found his quad twice with the locator today. So it's definitely oh, worth wow. it, especially in long grass. So that's another, that's a plus two. 
I don't think they're cheap either. They're, they're a little bit of investment, and they're also quite a large tag that sits on the quad. Yeah, I was I was going to put them on my uh, I was going to put them on the GoPros. Um, the GoPros always on the on the quad anyway, and I'd be more upset if I lost the GoPro at sort of two hundred and fifty. Not a bad idea. The so, trouble is that the locator is like a parachute for a GoPro session nowadays. So that's that's my. I mean, I always turn the wireless. On. It's not quite. I always turn the wireless on my GoPro because. If it does go down, that gives you what, like about thirty meters range connection for the Wi-Fi, and with that okay. Wi-Fi, and that you can enable it remotely, and you can enable the locator on it, which is we tested it today. It's quite a good beep as well if you're quiet in the field. Yeah, it's birds that usually like upset that violence, isn't it? <laughs> if you're in, it's the summer season, we fly, and that's when all the birds are chirping. And I've tried to find beeps in a field. I have long grass and, and had that same problem here for the birds. But I think on your on a plane, especially a locator is probably not a bad thing, and it's proven to you today, John, that they work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think you I don't think you have um, that much chance of successfully using the locator if you've got um, a telemetry link. Um, then you or your you had your if you have a telemetry link, then theoretically you should be able to rewind and look at your GPS coordinates. So, so if you're running a long-range plane, your GPS record coordinates are typically accurate to like two meters. So you yeah, yeah. But um, also sail when they're coming down. So if you lost your video at that altitude, it could still sail for a fair way. Yeah, exactly. Actually, maybe that's and that's not why quite as accurate as you want. That's why you got your failsafe set up to return to home. So <laughs> it's all about what the autopilot will allow you to configure and what you can still push. So one of your one of your connections needs to be infallible. So is that your your long range transmitter? Is it your telemetry link? Is it your goggles? Well, that's pretty useless if you I mean, the best you can see is that you can watch your plane going into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that enough with my quad on Team Fairsafe, but <laughs> yeah. So the Ranger, sorry, I was just I was just reading up on the locators as well, and uh, the range yeah. is about 122 meters or 400 feet. Mm. So that's that's pretty substantial, especially for like mini mini quads. So it gives you a 122 meter buffer. <laughs> you, you need to know where it went down approximately, though. So today's last. Um, endeavor into the fields to find a quad resulted in the locator not working and us searching in completely the wrong place by a good 120 meters, bizarrely. <laughs> so okay, okay. <laughs> not such a game. Well, I've heard mixed reports, and that's why I throw it up if anyone in the chat room has used a locator and swears by it or not. And actually, someone uh, is it Ben that turns up quite late at Hidden Valley, uh, at least last summer? Um, he's used some quite successes. Yeah, I've seen, few, I've seen a few people with those locators, and I've, I've heard nothing but good things about them. To be fair, I always look at the price and think, well, that'll buy me four new batteries. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and also, it's, it's, it's quite a large thing to attach. And they all, you know, yeah. <laughs> I guess... In the grand scheme of things, they're not, they're not that big, are they? Um, you know, they, they fit on the side of a GoPro nicely. So. Yeah, at least a what? Four, three to four, four centimeters? Three, four centimeters? 
It's probably um, 30 millimeters across, I would say, that disc. Yeah, they're 32 millimeters to be exact. <laughs> you, were, you were pretty close. <laughs> I rounded it up, but you got it close to it. Yeah. It probably weigh three to four grams, I would have thought. <laughs> Let's push our luck. So just out of interest, so what do we say, 3.2? So uh, that would literally clean fit on the, clean fit on the back of a, of a GoPro perfectly. So a GoPro is uh, 3.5 centimeters. You just wouldn't be able to get to the switch at the back anymore. Uh, <laughs> You'd have to stick it. You'd have to stick it on the side, yeah. But you can stick it on the side, and yeah, by the looks of things, it would fit perfectly. It was like they they were designed for it. It always be slightly off center when you're flying along. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing because if you've got more than one quad, to have one of those locating discs, and I don't think they're that expensive, but they still cost money. Um, mm, that's that's a good one, idea. One on your GoPro, and you know you're you're done, aren't you? Unless yeah, and let's face it, your GoPro never launches that far away from your, yeah. from your quad. Some Are they be surprised? <laughs> I've lost one in the field for three months. <laughs> this is why it's got a strong connection to you, isn't it? That's why you're thinking instantly, I'll attach it to my GoPro. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah, what I'm going last week as to whether you lick your GoPro lens to clean it. Do you? Oh, this is John. I do lick my GoPro lens yeah, to clean cool. it. You do lick your GoPro. Well, lick my, uh, just for the record, thank I you. Lick my thank you. Lens as well. That's, that's all we're going to say on the subject this week. <laughs> we'll ask every person that's new to the show. I've been known been to lick a few windows myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's all good fun. I mean, it, it, you know, whatever works really. But I mean, a, a good good white with a t-shirt. It's like a, like an apple. <laughs> I agree. I mean, the lenses are super tough. I um I got given a um one of those those glass fit over lenses. You know the thing that's meant to glass washer cleaners. Yeah, what do they call it? Tempered glass or whatever, yeah. Oh yeah, for the I GoPro. I stuck it on the GoPro, one flight, first flight, hit a tree and it smashed it. And I've hit trees a lot harder than that with a GoPro. And okay, so the worst happens, I've destroyed a GoPro. But I mean, typically they, they just scuff that glass, the, the, the native GoPro glass, and you can polish it out. A lot, oftentimes you look and you think, oh, great, I've screwed the glass up. And then you clean it, give it a good old clean, and it's perfectly fine. So the toughened glass that glass. GoPro use, I mean, there's a reason you're paying 250 bucks for the thing, you know? So They're designed to be solid, aren't they? Um, I, Okay, my GoPro is relatively new, but after quite a few smacks, I've noticed there's massive uh, gouges out of the rubber surround. So it's had some knocks, but the lens is still nice and clean and, and scratch-free. I had a watch like that. It was a Seiko watch a long time ago. Even though the middle band and everything would get scruffed up and everything, the watch face didn't. And I was always amazed that they could make glass pretty strong, that even though the metal band had that. And clearly, this, we've had that glass for a while, but GoPro glass is strong. So you're going to put another tempered one on? No. No, no hey. point. I've got one, but um, Stuart will probably ask for it back. So. <laughs> and not only that, you've got to peel off, if it doesn't break off in one piece, every other bit of glass shard that's left. Yeah, no, it's got like a, um, like a gel backing to it, so it all comes off in one piece when you do put it off. It was, it was stuck to the floor here for a while. <laughs> In my yeah, I need to think about some uh, insurance for uh, my GoPro. You say protect my bubble, don't you, Quinton? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I've got um, I've got my session four, which is ensured by PC World or Curry's, and uh, that's actually fantastic because they don't repair the sessions. You walk in and they just go and get your brand new GoPro off the shelf and give it to you there and then. Um, so that's that's variable, incidentally. That's that depends on your on your curries. Some curries uh, think they're smart and try and send them away to some agent to get repaired and then screw you over, which is what well, happened to me. But I mean, the insurance still paid out, and I and I ended up with another GoPro after destroying the lens, which is cool. I, mean, I, I was lucky in the sense that I just walked in, they replaced it, but I know now because i bought the session five recently and um they no longer do their insurance policy so you you can't buy it on the session four or session five anymore so they they don't do the insurance anymore you have to get it from somewhere else so that's recent then yeah yeah so that's quite a recent thing so i think because they don't repair the sessions um they didn't want to insure them because it was costing them too much to replace them i guess so it's just the sessions though not the blacks no no just the sessions as far as i'm, I'm aware so mm -hmm. they they don't. They no longer do insurance on them. Um, but this is just insured through uh, protect my bubble, and then this uh, fifty pound excess if I break it. Have you creamed through them before though? Because the, half the trouble is often the claim process. Is what? Sorry. The claim process alone. Like, have you actually tried to claim from uh, protect my bubble? I haven't. No. Um, hopefully, it's not too bad. But I haven't broke one yet. To be fair. Mm. So. Um, yeah. I mean, have you? Do, do you know something I don't? No, 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 I don't actually. That's why I was curious. Insurance companies are in the art of trying to get out of it, especially with gadget insurance. Um, and I, I had a long think, camera once. No, it was just a point and shoot. But I think, in the sense that you know, they do have the um, fifty-pound excess. It's probably makes it a little bit easier in the sense of you know. You're not just going to keep sending the camera back to get them replaced, but and you did you contact them to say, do you cover this even if it's flying? Blah blah blah. Yeah, and uh, the, the the best thing is is they even insure it against theft and loss as well. So um, that's pretty cool. I mean, so if you lose it in the field, yeah. well, I have I have lost. Yeah, I have lost GoPros. <laughs> so mind you, they turn up again. It's, it's always the session four. I don't know what it is about my GoPro session four. I couldn't tell you where it is now. But that thing somehow gets lost anywhere. It could be in my pocket, and I'll lose it and find it two weeks later in my pocket. So, yeah, I swear it's possessed. Um, it's possessed. Hey, that's a new one. Is it possessed with uh, the dark spirit of uh, Tim West, whatever his name is? West well, I lost. I, I actually, I, I lost my session four about two weeks ago. And we we turned the house upside down trying to find it. Do you know where it was? Um, in your car, under the coffee table in my mother-in-law's house. <laughs> That's why? Awesome. What are you filming under your mother's coffee table? Uh, Mother-in-law's coffee table. Like, why was it there? I, I genuinely don't know how it got there, but yeah, that's where it was. <laughs> that, that, that raises many more questions than it answers. Uh, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> No, I, the, the trouble is these are getting very small now and uh, it's not easy to... Um, but it's, it's you know. always, see the Session 5, I always know where it is. I, I, you know, I can I can just walk, pick it up and it's there. Always know where it is. The Session 4, never, never. And they look the same, they feel the same. I just don't know why. So, yeah, there's something wrong with it.
It's a four. It's, it's a four. Nothing wrong with it, to be fair. Um, by the time <laughs> you're <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. No, there, I'm... no, 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 no. You, you, you meant the. Uh, I assume you were talking about the quality, but in I, well, I know, but it kind of what you take session four and session five. By the time you've uploaded it to YouTube, is there really a noticeable difference? And often it's not just the uploading to YouTube, but you've got to be careful when you're exporting these videos. I I put one up not so long ago, and when I exported it from the standard matching the bit rate from the you know the files. It came out quite blocky, and it was only when I trebled the size from 500 to 1.5 gig did it actually start to look okay. Yeah. So it's not always YouTube's fault compressing it. Sometimes it's before you even upload it, the compression there. Well, I do. I do need to uh, review my settings in many ways. So. I've changed my settings to 60 frames per second super view, and never had an issue. So. But then again, right. I used to do 90 frames per second, and but I encode it with the GoPro app rather than using. So maybe the way the maybe the way the GoPro um, Studio application works um, makes things work a little bit better. I don't know. Well, often it knows that it's an MP4 file, and it can cut it for where it thinks it should be. It should actually know exactly how to cut it up to the right spots. Master sometimes you know learn no. a native format that it knows completely about. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for a new GoPro. I think they are coming out later this year, so only a few months now. Let's see how much the GoPro Session Five sell for. <laughs> was there was there any more information on that? Do you know on the on the GoPro? Not really. It's in, usually in the full time, the three month period up to Christmas that they usually aim for. So expect something by September, I'd say. Um, there was rumors of doing 8K, but they might actually look, go down to something like 5K. Plays out there for like MacBooks and stuff like that. So they might actually just increase that slightly. But you'll probably see an increase of the 4K recording to like 60 frames a second or and, and more on the 1080p. It'd be interesting um, to see, see whether the logical step would be. Mm. Well, this is, the, you know, they've tried other ventures now with the Karma drone, which will fly them, <laughs> but they they didn't have a great success with that. And also some of the social media stuff that they probably pumped a lot of money into didn't actually quite take off in the same way. I don't think. So as long as they concentrate on the cameras and as long as they put all the other competitors at bay, rather than through rather than through lawsuits, but innovation, we probably still got a few years yet yeah, of a yearly release cycle. Um, for the GoPro, because they haven't always had that. It's usually two years on some. I think the three, two years, the three plus and stuff. But they've adopted the Apple philosophy: yeah. release it late in the year before Christmas and make it uber cool, and everyone will want one. Well, that makes that makes sense, I suppose. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I have tried a few other cameras, and I personally not found anything that comes close to the GoPro and the durability of them as well. I mean, like John was just saying, you know, these, these glass, the glass on these things are absolutely insanely tough. Yeah, I've exactly. never broke exactly. one and I've crashed quads a lot. So, um, the other bonus for me is I had my old three and I had some bike mounts and all sorts of other mounts. I could now use my session because they at least kept the cage mounting bracket exactly the same. It's like, ah, oh. So even though I went away for a while and had a yee, I have come back to the GoPro world. Yee. <laughs> <laughs> that's sensory. 
<laughs> infection. <laughs> yeah. So how long before your plane's up and flying then, John? How when we see it fly and then crash because you haven't flown in decades? Well, I'm waiting for a motor to come from Banggood to start with. So that's the one primary um, component that's still missing. And I probably have to buy a couple of batteries. So I have to buy a couple of five five thousand milliamp hours or something. Mm. Um, the electronics is here on my desk. I've now got the head tracking working. Um, I'm in the process of tweaking the head tracking so that it's so I can so I can do pan and tilt off either the head tracker with it, and then toggle the switch and and uh, and use um, the sliders on my radio so that I can do one or the other. You know, because maybe you want a fixed pan position as well. So. Um, uh, so that's that's done now. I think I've got the electronics working. I just have to suss out how to configure the APM module to support VTAIL, because this is a VTAIL plane. Um, and then I should be good to go. I haven't sussed out the, the telemetry link yet. So I haven't I've got an OSD on the thing, which is which should be sufficient um, for your regular flight, but um, they say the the telemetry link is good for mission planning and mission changes during but i mean it's not a big thing for me but it's good for locating it if it goes down because it logs all of the data in the mission planner so you get like a little um usb uh receiver that you plug into a usb port on a laptop and you run the thing live so there's that that i need to do and then there's um putting the thing together so i've i've created all the wings i've created the tailplane um I've printed a bunch of stuff uh, to improve some of the parts that they give you because they, um, well, they could do with improvement. Stop playing Rocket League and talk. Come on, this is everyone. If you look at the live stream now, this is Rocket League face. Just have a look. Have I, a look. Can, I, can, I can share my screen if you want. <laughs> <laughs> the level of concentration in that face is just focus. When you add so much onto something, though, there's more of it to go wrong in the initial sense. No, no, so no. So your APM. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I should really be flying it with just off the receiver to start with. But then the weight per parameters change and your center of gravity changes and everything. So yeah. that's easier to change. But you should just fly it as minimum as you possibly can just to check things over. Check oh, yeah, the for sure. So, everything. Um, I, I'm not adding anything on that isn't in the kit. I'm... Uh, so in other words, there's a frame in the kit that they give you like a wooden frame and there's, but there's no base to the frame. So how do you match it in a, a frame with no base? So um, uh, this thing is just like a, it's a, a shelf that's been printed that fits onto that existing base. So it's, a, it's, a, it's about another 60 grams in total of, um, of weight. When you've got an, a takeoff weight of 101.3, 1 1.4 kilos, 60 grams is not really going to make much of a difference. So no, um, it's just, it's, you know, and the skids for underneath. So they, they give you landing gear in the kit, but the landing gear is pretty, pretty, pretty crappy, to be honest, because I don't have a runway to land on. I've got a field with long grass to land in. So the wheel is superfluous. So I've just put some skid plates along the, along the bottom that I printed out. Um, it's all, there's a guy um, called Mark Q who, who, um, who builds these things. He's built four of them. Uh, he's got a, a great blog on, on the internet where he goes through all of the different things and he prints and designs all sorts of different modifications for his planes and things. So um, that I'm following his best advice, you know, so I'm not, not necessarily following the manufacturer's guides. 
But I mean, uh, the, the thing is, is, uh, is, a, is apparently a, a workhorse. It flies a great, it's a great thing to fly. And, um, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's an easy fly, they say. They say that's one of the, the most important things that is an, it flies well. It doesn't need a, you know, you don't need a, um, uh, an eagle eye on it, so to speak. Although this thing will have an autopilot, which will automatically stabilize because of the three axis gyro and all that nonsense. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good fun. Um, it's a good fun for yeah, a I mean, because I've got fixed wing, it's, you know, top wing, and I've lost my low wing, but um, I always wanted a wing of something. But the one that uh, I've been interested in for a little while is the Skywalker series, the X5, X8, and, you know, they, I think it's two-meter wingspan, but it's done as a, just a, pretty much as a wing, but with a proper canopy. I think they have a, a total sort of um, payload capacity of a few kilos often. Like, I think even four kilos in some of these things. Yeah. And... This is a, essentially a plane, isn't it? There will be just as much fun if you're flying it line of sight through the air. Exactly. If you look and at quad, search for quad mover on the internet on YouTube, quad mover and mini talent, and he's, he uses one as a as a around the park flyer. So it's great fun, um, even just local. So I mean, I think the autopilot and long range stuff is just you know something a little different. Um, yeah. No specific. Uh, aspirations. There seems to be a sort of a 10 or 12 kilometer average radius. I mean, you need battery to get 10 or 12 kilometers. The thing that can potentially fly at something like 100 mile an hour or 100 kilometers an hour, 110 kilometers an hour when you've got the right props and things like that. But, mm. but um, oh, it's, it's, it's something fun. I'll probably lose it on the first flight and be back to quotes. But <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah. going to flying quadcopters. I mean, Especially when I'm where I am at right now with my my flying de skill development, I, you know I've started pinching. You'll be happy to know. So yeah. I'm a little no. bit cold turkey uh, uh, a week and a half ago, and just started pinching and just stuck with it. And and weird, isn't it? You get you get you get used to it really quickly. It's such a strange thing because you do. I, I, I just out of interest, I spent a few days pinching on the simulators. Yeah, me too. And I got really used to it and really good at it, and I was I felt really happy and comfortable. And then I'd go out and fly, and oh. couldn't pinch. I, I just couldn't do it. I had to had to go back to thumbs. But yeah. then, over the course of about a month, maybe a month and a half, I just right. naturally started pinching. And yeah, I I, I wouldn't go back now. Um, you know. I think a lot of people make the assumption that pinching, and it's not necessarily pinching, is is pinching the sticks. But sometimes people do the hybrid, which is the thumbs just on top to, as a stop. So I think, I mean, I don't really fully pinch in the sense that it's pinching the sticks. And that's what people sometimes say, hybrid. But I, I think having two fingers on a control stick stops any of them just slipping off. Because It's not even that. You know what it is for me? I hang the radio from the lanyard, so I'm not holding the radio. I'm yeah. resting my hands on the radio like it's a, like it's a desk, you know? And that releases the tension in your hand, which gives you so much more granularity on the pinch. So, yeah. and, and that's a massive change. Whereas when you're holding and thumbing, you've got this tension in your wrists because you're holding the radio. Even if it's on a lanyard, you're still holding it with your fingers and your, and your thumbs are, are I, I don't know, it's hard, to ex, it's, it's hard to explain, but I mean, it's, I hybrid to a certain degree, so um, it's over the top, you know, my, my thumb, my, yeah. my index finger over the top and my thumb's kind of on the top of the stick. It's not a true pinch. I will 
work towards the two pinch, but I'm still I'm still at that point where if I'm going to do something a little bit um, a little bit more ambitious than usual, I sort of fall back to, to thumbing, which I'm slowly trying to get myself out of, you know, to, to do all of this stuff. And I found that the yaw becomes a lot more accessible when you pinch. So yaw, mm -hmm. uh, I've always been weary of the yaw with when I was thumbing. So, but now I'll do I'll like I'll do a roll over a tree and then do a flat yaw spin inverted over the top and. Uh, just natural you know? so it's 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 changed it's changed my life a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah my sex life is better and <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's what you get used to i think and and it's sometimes a bit of a culture change to actually go to to move across but then i think when i did a post on road riot they got it was about 500 responses that came back and there's more thumbers out there and damn good pilots there thumbers and rubbish pinches and for damn good pinches with and rubbish you know there's a whole range of i'm so good at it i pinch for rocket league man <laughs> <laughs> on, on your tyrannus <laughs> are, you, are you actually serious your face turns orange and blue <laughs> as it ch changes different sizes no Game. Oh. <laughs> so I, wonder, I wonder if the thumbing has come from computer games and whether that's where people have progressed over yeah. uh, and just gone with, with thumbing because that's, that's obviously what I was doing as well and being an Xbox player. Um, yeah, so I wonder, I wonder whether that's the progression of it. But I don't know. There are some really good pinchers and there are some really good thumbers. There's some good hype yeah. and everything. I think people just stick to what they, they need to stick to Yeah, it works for them. I'm not an I'm not an advocate of pinching. I'm not like uh, going to punt it, but it's, I've done it and yeah. I've found that it improves my flight. But that's not to say that the next guy, you know, moves away from from pinching to thumbing and enjoys his game more. You know, so oh, his game, his flight. <laughs> and it's more of the, the flying itself. Do you feel comfortable flying? And how do you feel comfortable flying? I know very local flyers, very good thumbers that. But I do just hear occasional stories where on a hot, sweaty day. You're up in the air. There's people that have slipped off that thumb. I do it all the time. Which may result in a crash. I, I, that happens all the time. Before I started, I was slipping a finger. Yeah. <laughs> slipping <laughs> a finger. Like improved when he went to pinching because he didn't get slapped in the face. <laughs> it's a hard transition as well, though. I mean, to go from thumbing to pinching or pinching yeah. to thumbing, like actively trying to make that change. Yeah. Not, it's not something you can go and do in, in sort of three or four back, uh, packs. You have to sort of stick at it and do it over a yeah, few. Yeah. You need to be brave and do it little bit by little bit in a sense. So um, something, something I found interesting or something that I discovered this week was I have never seen a tiny whoop until uh, until this weekend. You've never seen one in the flesh? I've never seen one in the flesh until, until this weekend gone. And... Wow. I assumed that things like the QX95 and the QX80 were similar, but I've actually discovered that they're not remotely the same in, in, in kind of what they are. I mean, that the, um, the tiny whoops and the little inductrix pods, they're a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah. They, they are, I, I, I genuinely, because I bought a QX95 thinking that would be a nice indoor flyer, fly around in, in the house and everything like that, but... When you actually when you actually consider what you're flying around, they're, they're still spinning at high speed, and when you do get hit by them, they're not going to seriously hurt you, but they do nip. 
and do um, clip you and stuff. So, and I saw. It's a bit, bit I fast. Saw, I mean, you can get fast, tiny whoops, but the other indoor flies, the QX and the LTs and stuff, and all the other brushed micro are often quite fast for indoors. I mean, I, I, I got the pleasure of uh, flying with Jesse Parkins, who's, uh, who's, who's the owner of Tiny Whoop, and seeing his whoop fly around, absolutely incredible. The, the control, the precision, the, it, it, it looked like a big quad flying around a small track. Um, it was absolutely shocking, and, and nothing takes them down either, because they are inducted. And because yeah, they, they just bounce. Inductors. They just they just bounce off everything. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I am currently. That is the next thing on my list. I am going to get myself a tiny whoop. Can we get the new one what? from from uh, uh, from whatever they're called, Horizon Hobbies? That's got a that's got the camera built into it, so it's all you don't have to buy the camera separately. Yeah, I think that's what I was looking at. I I, I was really lucky actually. Um, just me some of the new uh, the new uh, is it hot source motors. Some of the new really high high KV uh, brush motors. So I've got some of those. I just need something to put it into now. So from buy one on eBay. There must be enough going for sale on eBay. Trend Junk Card UK. Do people get rid of them? I, I hadn't thought about it actually. That's a, that's a really good idea. Because actually, you know, after a while, the motors do start to wear out. They're not, or a lot less time than a brushed one if you play enough. So you might find some that are just selling cheap. Yeah, I might, I might well do that, actually. I, I, it's definitely on my list because I think it fills a hole that the QX95 didn't, and that's truly being able to fly it around the house and you know, and, and setting up a little racetrack and stuff. Whereas with the QX95s, where they're, where they're open, where the blades are open, it just one, one little tap, and that's it. It's down. You've got to get up, go and pick it up, take your goggles off. And everything like that. Whereas, whereas the whoop, you just carry on, just carry on. So, yeah, you hope to. Already impressed. So, how was that event actually? The uh, Comic Con. Um, I I I only went up. Uh, I went up with Tony and uh, Jack Nash, and we we just went up for the Friday in the end. Um, I mean, there were a few few issues and stuff, but overall, it was pretty pretty good. It was a it was a good day out and a good experience. So. Unfortunately, we didn't get uh, tiny whoops to fly. We were flying the Eachine E101s, are they? Which brand new aren't little bad flyers. They, they can work quite well. I mean, compared to uh, compared to what Jesse was flying with his uh, tiny. Yeah, but he, had, he would have had the most, you know, the best uh, forward and the best motors on it, and good batteries. And... So you can't compare it as a mass factory produced. But if you want that tiny indoor induction flight, you can get it on the cheap. Um, you don't always have to spend the money, but I, I've, you know, actually, there's some interesting thing, the things that they've done with Tiny Whoop, and I, I think they're actually going to go from this strength to the next one as, as long as they keep it up. Yeah, I hope they so. Changed, they, they set the mark for micro flyers that you could use with a proper radio and all that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really interesting. Like I said before, before the weekend and actually seeing one, um, I. I'd always just seen them as an expensive QX. I hadn't seen them as anything other than you know an expensive version of the QX. But they really aren't the same thing. They're they're, they're completely different. Mm. The QX is perfect for flying around your garden or you know in a little car park. Um, whereas 
it's sort of a little bit too big and a little bit too fast for flying flying around in the house yeah, you're right whereas whereas try flying your house as a baby hawk oh yeah <laughs> so i want one of those so bad yeah. no i do actually i'm surprised john yeah, hasn't already a, got a tiny wing to fly around in my house the <laughs> on the back. Well, no, actually, what you could do is make a paper plane, and you can ask the paper planes. I so have, you might. I have this. So let me get this quickly. I have this, which is a, which is now broken. But. You had. What did you have? What was it? This is a phone-controlled RC plane thing. So it's like a paper plane thing that connects to a USB port. I mean, not a USB port, just connects, which is pretty cool, to your Bluetooth. It's just this little thing. It's like a, a rod with a tail, a motor on the one end and a, and a tail and server on the, yeah. on the end, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So, I mean, that, that's is a it plane. plane. Yeah, it flies okay. I mean, you, it has to be dead still during the day. I have I have pretty much like one um, one paper plane outfit, but there's a, there's a, there's a cult following for the things. So it's pretty cool. It was it was pretty much what, ten years ago that the Spectrum DX7 came out, which was quite a two point four gigahertz thing. So I wonder what's going to happen in twenty twenty seven now, and ten years from now, as everything's got much more miniature, and we've actually had electric flight take off really in that time in the last ten years. It's been ten years more would be interesting. Yeah, it's been. You think about it for those 10 years. It's the it's the invention of the foamy airplane that's that's completely made. Um, RC hobby sport accessible, you know. Yeah, indoor flying as well. You know, indoor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's foam. It's cheap. It doesn't break when you've crashed it once. So yeah, it's it's awesome. But I mean, uh, some people they crash a plane, they buy a new one, they don't fix it. So you don't have to. You know, it costs three pound fifty for a bit of foam and you can make your own plane out of foam if you if you look scout the internet enough you'll find guys who are making planes out of sheep polystyrene you know yeah well it was 10 years ago that my thunder power 1320 uh three cell i think it was was about 40 pounds for one battery <laughs> for a 1300 yeah crazy whereas now it's what eight pounds if you're lucky on hobby king or even cheaper yeah it'll be interesting Sorry, as I say, uh, John, John, are you flying? Um, which, which batteries are you flying at the moment on your drones? I run HEs, so I've got two types. I've got the 75s and the 95s, and the 95s yeah. seem to work okay. Um, the 75s are fine as well. I mean, I, now that the warmer weather's here, um, yeah, they're 1500s, so they do the job. They, yeah. They're okay. I've got a couple of 5s um, HEs as well, and those are good fun. But they, uh, I mean, they punch outs. You know, <laughs> punch out and then and then land. Yeah. <laughs> With a, a soft landing from a buzz, it's underslung from a ballooned battery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just curious. I mean, I you know, I've, I've uh, all of my batteries, the ACs as well. Um, to be fair, the only issues I've had with them is the XT60s. They seem to be really badly soldered, and uh, I've had at least five that have just sort of pulled out um really the xt60 connector yeah five, five of them now well at least five of them you see my batteries are all shrunk wrapped together and resoldered and <laughs> it's just thing of mine 
I never found the ones I've repaired um, that the XT60 lead or, or the connectors have ever broken. It's usually the balance lead. And it's usually their strap that they provide, which is punctured enough of my because of the metal sheet in them, um, protecting the surf, you know main surface area, the, the cells on two sides. But that cuts into the, causes them to die. But I like them. I, I find that they've taken a, a, beat it, a beating and abusing and um, still... Yeah, I find these batteries as robust as my old Turnigy 65Cs, the Turnigy ones that I had, the graphenes. Um, right, oh, okay. Which is saying something, you know. Yeah. I, I've just sold a, a couple of eight um, of graphenes that are probably um, a year old, maybe, to to a young chap that we fly, well, that we don't fly with, but in our group. And, and um, I think he's going to find that those are the best batteries of the, of the batch that I sold him at. You know, I, I'm not a big person to sell second-hand batteries, but the guy's in the spot, and, and it's going to help him out, which is cool. So, easy youngster. Yeah. Oh. So charging, charging double, yeah? Uh, well, I've, I've, I've never, yeah, <laughs> you didn't know. 20 bucks a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you got them for a steal, actually. But, uh, these, are, these are 40 pounds each, right? <laughs> graphene, super expensive. Yeah. They look nice. Graphene is, actually. They yeah. do. But then they come in a bag, the original graphenes, like yeah, a little nice, drawstring bag. Nice, little, little nice drawstring bag, yeah, I've got them still. I kept the bags. <laughs> you know, one day some of these might appear in museum. And the what development of quadcopters and things as they come up. Yeah. So we've got Mr. Thrust in the chat. He came in quite late. G'day, Mr. Thrust. Marty. Um, we're still planning some weird event, probably 24 hours. Strikers up for that, so... Watch this space. 24 hour live stream, hey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, who knows? I mean, the summer's still here. Tony, uh, sadly, Tony's um, not made it this week. His dog's hurt himself, so he's had to take it to the emergency vet. Um, but uh, I know he's up for that, so we'll get back on to that soon. But, John, it's been a pleasure, sir, to have you back on and paying attention, not playing Rocket League. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to see your plane. Maybe we could have your plane flying as a in a live stream uh, on a Thursday night because the weather's it's still light, right? Yeah, yeah. We could easily get a. Well, we could. I mean, theoretically, I could uh, I could rig my goggles to um, to present to the to my screen and then screen share and then fly live and get a friend to launch it outside for me. I think that, that, that's a definite, actually. It's, it's and what, APM, what could go wrong? <laughs> First flight, it'll be fine. <laughs> Second flight, it'll... <laughs> yeah. yeah I've, got, I've got nice places to fly around here as well, so I'm quite lucky. Um, there's a lot of farmland, and I mean, I've, I don't have the permission to fly on the, over the farmland, but I mean, the farmers here are pretty, they're pretty cool. They're not the kids, so it's all good. And I'll have my dog with me, so there's always that excuse. No, no, I'm just training my dog. <laughs> with this radio control. Fetch, fetch. <laughs> uh, well, I'd be keen to see that. I, I do like fixed wing. Um, Clinton, yeah, should, uh, you, uh, actually, the, thing, the, thing, the thing that makes fixed wing FPV even more fun is when you do it in a, in a pack. A formation. Fixed wing FPV is even more fun in a pack. So, yeah, you need to... You need to Gear yourself, tool yourself up. 
So and what you're saying is, Clinton, you need to build a uh, plane, a mini Talon. I need to build a mini Talon, and uh, we'll do that formation flying. Well, to be honest, if I if I'd known uh, more about it before I bought the mini Talon, I would have got a Drac. So there's a Drac and a mini Drac, and they are some sweet looking. Look it up, dr uh, drak. I think it is. Um, yeah. They are some sweet looking. They they wings, so they they have elevons or whatever they call them. Um, they are elevons, aren't they? Is that the right? Is it? Is that the right wing drag? Uh, could be yes. Yeah. Great looking yes. thing. Three hundred and twenty nine dollars. Yeah, yeah. Now we're talking, man. Yeah. Now we're talking. It, it does. It, it looks like a futuristic. It does look spaceship. It does look pretty damn awesome. To be fair, the the problem with that kind of thing is that being a noob to uh, fix wings, I can just see myself ground it. Uh, you know, putting it hard into the ground on the first run. So. <laughs> I kind of just want to get myself. I've got loads of motors and ESCs and everything knocking about, so I kind of just want something that I can throw what I've got on and just yeah. and just sort of go and go and hammer it a bit, really, before spending. Yeah. Which is what you get from a wing, but a wing doesn't necessarily fly the same as, as a plane. No, um, they're, they're very similar in their aerodynamics and things like that, but they don't they don't fly like a plane where you can get quite slow stall speeds and things like that. So if you want to do fixed wing, just learn on a simulator, and then you'll pretty much got the skills and maybe just borrow someone's trainer plane, Sheldon, if he's around ever, and have a go on a, tra a trainer plane, which is a high wing with a dihedral uh, angle in the wing, and they'll fly themselves. Yeah, like a Pinto or something, or Bixler, whatever they call them. Yeah, yeah. Those are quite common uh, FPV planes, the Bixler. And let, you know when they're a pusher prop as well, the front nose is foam. They handle crashes so well, and that's the other thing with a wing. You could just get a wing and fly a wing. It's just sometimes when you're not used to uh, aerodynamics, a plane is a bit more forgiving. Yeah, it's a good learning point. Is having a having a stabilizer, and you know that said, um, elevons remove they 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 take some of the the complexity of flying with a rudder and an elevator out as well so there's a simplification in, in the way the thing flies in that it's a detail as well but you can't always crosswind it you can't get that crosswind <laughs> flying so yeah but they, 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 then that way they are very different so yeah yeah i, I in fact i can't wait this john oh yeah i'm, I'm sure everyone can have a go at mine what when it's in pieces or when it's still in one piece? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not the same as a quad, isn't it? Is it? Is it? I mean, I, I mean, uh, Simon lets me fly um, one of his trainer, his foamy trainers, and they're super easy. And the thing about it is that he's um, he's he's quite uh, well geared in the in the world of spectrum. So he um, hmm. he understands how to set up a a, um, a buddy box and things like that. And and when you've got an, an experienced pilot like him along. A buddy boxing for you, it's you're pretty safe, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's dark art setting up buddy boxes. Yeah, that it is. is. Yeah. Clint, are you going to get a plane and we'll get you to build it in a wing or something or a plane? We'll get you to build it in an hour. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I would like to, it's, it's definitely on my list of things to do. Um, we've been talking about saying. I was I do the, the, the first thing on my list at the moment is a, is a tiny what I, I really really want one of those and uh, it's hard to justify buying all of these things at the same time so yeah tiny whoop is next on the list and then followed shortly 
by a by a fixed wing. I think. I must admit, I don't fly my tiny whip enough, and I've got an awesome tree out the back. Um, I mean, it's a walnut tree that's probably about 15 meters tall, and they've just 30% reduced the, the canopy, so it's quite open. There's a lot of gaps through it, and I could have so much fun in there, but I just don't, you know, you don't think of it. And then when you do think of it, um, you've got to charge the batteries, which only last for a minute, but it's still a great little thing. I'll, I'll definitely having you having spoken about it now. I'll definitely be freaking recharging the batteries. And it's when you it's when you get cravings as well, isn't it? You get that craving. It's like I need to fly. I want to fly, and I want to fly now. And it's dark outside. Yeah. Grab it. Go. You know, like. And I know you could do that with the QXs and, and stuff like that, but. Same. Yeah. Like just start around your wife and annoy her to hell. <laughs> oh, don't don't even start. I, I've literally the amount of times that she's had to to cut out chunks of her hair where she's got my quad stuck in it. <laughs> she's not 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 amused so cool are we over time or what to uh finish up with time i think we should close right but thanks to everyone for tuning in thanks to also for our uh, monthly sponsor from fossil stuff who pays through patreon if you want to support this channel and support what we try and do each week yeah feel free to give but thanks john for coming on it's always a pleasure to have you on the show Thank playing you. rocket league yeah. Thanks, Clinton, for also joining me, and you have been listening to Let's Drone Out. It's been fun. Bye. It has been fun. Yeah.